We have decided to observe the Feast of St. Francis on this day. It's actually the day of October 4th is actually the day on which the feast falls. And so our readings and our prayers are the ones assigned for Francis. If you know anything about him, you know that he is especially associated with the love of animals. That's why he, we often have pet blessing times around this time of the year. And it's why we'll celebrate our furry and feathered friends with a lot of photographs during the singing of all, thing, all creatures of our God and King later on in the service. Another thing you might know about Francis is that he loved creation, the whole of creation. He preached to the birds, but he believed that the whole of creation needed redemption due to the sin of Adam. And hence the psalm appointed for today, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the earth. You sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and fog, tempestuous wind doing his will. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. October is also the month this year when we will think about what it means for us to be stewards of all that God entrusts to us. I recently read a book called Self-Devouring Growth. It's by a professor of social and cultural analysis and history at New York University. Julie Livingston is her name, and she's part of Nechnech Volodov's extended family. And she subtitles her book, A Planetary Parable. It's a sobering parable of how cattle becomes beef, how cattle becomes beef in Botswana. In a world of seemingly endless growth, cattle, once prized possessions, signs of status, gifts given as dowries and so on, cattle increasingly and over time become a commodity become beef to be transported around and fed and watered and slaughtered and sold for meat for the world. When once selling a cow was a, an act of desperation, even a sign of failure, with the advent of cattle markets, cows became more a means of acquiring money. Dr. Livingston goes on to tell of the ways in which both humans and cows change with the advent of markets and the distribution of beef the growing scarcity of grazing lands, the increase of methane gas, the roads needed for transport, and so on. And she ends her book by asking, what are we to do? What are we to do? And she answers with more questions. How is one to argue for less, even if self-devouring growth is the force that is undermining collective well-being? How is, to, how is one to argue for less when not nearly everyone yet has enough? We must ask ourselves, what would rainmaking on a planetary scale entail? And there we have the stewardship question. How can we do with less? How can it make any sense to forego anything or give away anything, let alone our money? Is it possible that we've learned since March that along with doing with less is good for the planet and is good for us? I, of course, dearly look forward to getting on an aeroplane and visiting my family in England. But I quite enjoy not having to travel to meetings that can often be accomplished just as effectively or even better sometimes on Zoom. Or isn't there an upside in being able to participate in a class or a forum or a Bible study without having to brave rush hour traffic in Washington? Haven't we noticed how much more blue the skies have been in recent months without our using planes, trains and automobiles to the extent that we used to? And haven't some of us found that as we consume less, so we have more capacity for generosity 
tipping that delivery person 25% or more instead of whatever we used to do. Or maybe even for some of us finding that we have had more than we're used to in our bank accounts. I recognise that this is a silver lining to a very large cloud, a massive cloud that has left many among us sick, dying or dead, and at the same time has left many others unemployed or furloughed as businesses close. I recognise that the cost of this massive disruption, which will take years to sort out, particularly perhaps for the hospitality and travel industry, for, uh, for higher education, commercial real estate, and on and on and on, of course we must do what we can for our neighbours in pain and make sure that profiteers don't run away with piles of cash leaving the poor to fend from themselves. Perhaps Amazon might not only hire more people but increase pay and benefits for workers who have consistently complained about conditions in their workplace. Even so, could the pandemic disruption lead us to change some habits permanently in order to reduce pollution and combat the effects of climate change. There are many reasons for us to celebrate and reflect on the life and witness of Francis of Assisi. He's captured the imagination of artists and poets, historians and biographers since at least the 13th century. His story is not only about his love of creation. In brief, he was a wealthy young man, Francesco, as he was called by his successful merchant father. He lived the life of a wealthy young ruler almost, uh, until a number of experiences over time led him to renounce his father's wealth and set about building, or rebuilding actually, a ruined church just outside Assisi. By then he had been to war, he'd been imprisoned, he'd met the poor, he'd met beggars, he'd met lepers, all of which led him to a place in life where he would devote himself to following Jesus. He lived as a beggar himself for a while as he single-handedly and stone by stone rebuilt San Damiano. At the same time, he began to minister to lepers in particular who had been cast out from the city. In around 1208, Francis took up wearing the rough brown cloth of an Umbrian, present, Umbrian peasant gathered by a rope around his waist We'd recognise this as the Franciscan garb today. He started preaching to the poor, calling them to penitence, and before long he'd been joined by others, and so the Order of Francis the Franciscans had begun. Long story short, the Order was recognised by the Pope a few years later. Before his death, Francis was granted the stigmata, the wounds of Jesus' own suffering as he bore his passion and was venerated as a saint soon afterwards. Francis, in the words of our Gospel, followed Jesus more like an infant than one wise and intelligent, and he bore the burdens of the poor and the sick and the outcast and the disenfranchised along the way. He cared for creation. He cared for all God's people. He cared for all God's creatures. And so, once again, our collect for St. Francis Day. Let us pray. Most High, Omnipotent Good Lord, grant your people to renounce gladly the vanities of this world, that following the way of blessed Francis, we may, for love of you, delight in your whole creation with perfect perfectness of joy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, 
who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. <laughs>